So let's go ahead and pray. Uh, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, just your love and your blessing that you just show us uh, each and every single day, Lord. And I know sometimes we take things for granted. And uh, thank you for this holiday that we live in a country that we can uh, live freely and celebrate uh, you and just the things that you've done uh, for this country, Lord. I, I just uh, I know we still live in a wicked and perverse nation, Lord, but uh, you are uh, still in control and. You do still have a plan. And so, Lord, we're just asking you just to uh, be with us today. Be with everybody that's out on vacation. Uh, keep everybody safe and uh, protected. Uh, make sure there's no injuries. And everybody just be aware of the surroundings of what's going on. Uh, it's easy to get distracted with all the uh, fireworks and all the cool things that are going on with the holiday. And uh, Lord, help us uh, just uh, be in your word today and focus on what you'd have for us and apply it to our life, Lord, of, of looking at uh, uh, how our spiritual house uh, should look like, Lord. And so, Lord, we just uh, thank you for just everything that you do. And uh, we love you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I'm going to open up with a question here. And the question is, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not of your own? And so that's not my question, that's God's question, because that's right out of His Word from 1 Corinthians 6.19. And just uh, a cool story with that is that when I was being discipled by Pat Lee, we uh, would get to this lesson, we'd be on this and talking about, you know, our spiritual house and, and just how he would say it always just be funny. He'd be like, what? No, you not. And just, uh, it was just always a funny thing. And, you know, I, I know you don't probably get fully how that was, but you know, those connections that we make, uh, with our disciples and people that are discipling us is, is just a cool thing because it's just something I always remember. So every time I come to this passage, I always just remember that time, uh, with him. But if you didn't know that your body is a temple of God, uh, or a house of God, right? Now you know. And we're not going to so much talk about, um, you know, uh, being the house of God, of how that looks like for us, but because there's tons of references in the Bible that talks about us being a temple and our body's a temple, and we should, you know, keep it clean and different things like that. So, yes, we are part of the house of God, um, the church, right? But we individually are a house of God, right? And we have a house that we need to take care of, and we need to make sure that things are in order and things are in place, right? Just like the home that you live in, uh, you have to take care of it, you got to do things to it, you got to clean it, all these different things. It's the same that goes for our house. But today what we're going to talk about is is if our house is plumb, level, and square. And if we're talking about the house that my wife and I live in, <laughs> that is definitely neither one of these, none of these. Uh, our house is not plumb, level, and square. Uh, this is the farthest thing from it. Our house was built 1907, I believe it was, 1906. Um, and not, yeah, nothing is square in that house. So it makes projects and remodeling do a, a little tricky, right? And uh, it's always it's always the fun part in it, I guess, because you got to try to figure out how to make these things work. But what it does is it takes more money, it takes more materials, it takes more time that goes into doing any of these projects. And the same thing for our own spiritual house. When we're not level, plumb, level, and square, it takes longer longer for us to be part of the perfect will of God, right? And when these things aren't in line, it takes it takes us longer for us to work out our, our faults and our sins in our life uh, just because it makes things more stubborn, right? Because we're stubborn people, and it just makes things more tricky. 
so today what we're going to do, we're going to look at a little, take a little bit of time to look at what each one of these mean and how we can apply them to our life. All right. And now I'm no carpenter. You know, I try, <laughs> but I'm not a carpenter by trade. And so, but it is important to understand these three terms and how they relate to our walk uh, with the Lord. Because like I said, we do talk about how we are a building. Well, what is that building supposed to look like? And uh, how, is the, how is it supposed to be structured? Uh, because if we understand, you know, uh, for our foundation, that there can be no other foundation other than Jesus Christ, right? And that's, that's what we need to build on. We, that's very clear in the Word that our foundation needs to be Christ, and we build on top of that. And everything that we build on needs to be these three things. Because the thing is, if you lay a foundation down, and that foundation is uneven, and then the framers go to frame the house, things get out of whack and uneven, and then the drywallers are going to come in and put some drywall up, everything's kind of going to get out of whack, and they're going to blame the framers. Framers blame the guys that laid the foundation. And then your trim carpenters are going to come in and do all the finish work, and they're going to blame the drywallers because everything's out of whack. And then the painters are going to come in, and they're going to blame everybody else because you got to fix all the little things. <laughs> and I know this from experience because I grew up painting. And you would always blame everybody else for how bad everything was out of order because you always got to fill holes and uh, you just got to make it work because you're at the end of the day, you were the final one to get the job done. So when our house, our spiritual house is not plumb, level, and square, it doesn't just affect us. It affects the people around us. It affects the, the whole body. It affects everyone. And so we're going to look at these three terms today. And so the first one we're going to look, talk about is about being plumb. Okay? Now, plumb means to be truly vertical. Okay? It means to be upright, perpendicular to the horizon is the definition of plumb. Okay? It means being straight up and down. Because the thing is, we don't want our structures, our buildings that uh, we live in uh, or that we go to, to be leaning, uh, unless it's the Leaning Tower of Pisa, of course. Uh, but see, if that building wasn't leaning, then no one would even know about it. So that's like an anomaly. But most of our buildings, they need to be straight up and down uh, because that is the way they're going to be the most, they're going to be the strongest at that point. Because what happens is when things are plumb, Gravity pulls all the objects down onto all the framing matter, uh, and it gives it the most strength. So when things are plumb in our life, and we are completely lined up with God, and we go through trials and tribulations, and the storms come, because it's not a matter of if they come, it's a matter of when they come, because we all go through things in life. But when they come and these storms happen, we're going to be the strongest that we can get through this. And so that's why we need to be plumb. And so what we have here today... We have, actually, um, a little tool. We have a plumb line. So a lot of people don't know what this is. So we're going to look at, if you have your Bibles, if you can go ahead and turn over there, you can turn to Amos chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. Uh-huh. Oh, a giant one? Oh, really? Oh, man. And see, when things aren't plumb, there can be buckling or kicking out. And it can cause the structure to fall over, right? So we don't want that in our life, right? We don't want to fall 
because it's easy to fall into sin and it's easy to fall from our relationship with God if we're not careful. And so when we're plumb with God and truly vertical, our focus is right and our focus is on the relationship with Jesus Christ. And we said we have the, ma- the maximum strength that we could possibly have and the least chance of falling over. And so how a plumb works is this is the device that has normally a lead weight on it. And, um, you know, this has been around for obviously since the Bible time. We're going to see here in Amos. And it's something that's so simple yet so effective. And what it does is it pulls down from gravity. Gravity does all the work in the lead weight, lead or brass. I've seen both that's been made from. And you're able to use this to get a 100% perfect vertical line. And it's used in various different ways. You can measure it from the ceiling to the floor to get your boards lined up. Um, you know, uh, masonaries do it, doing brickwork. I mean, it's used in tons of different ways. But this plumb, such a simple device, is what we see here from Amos. Okay, so Amos chapter 7, verse 7 through 8 says this. And this is where kind of, uh, I was reading through the book, this book uh, recently, and this is where God kind of laid on my heart to teach this lesson. And he says, Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, A plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. And so as you're reading through the book of Amos, what you find here in the first few chapters is you find all this judgment that's happening to all these different nations. And um, I have a little excerpt here from, this is from my father-in-law, Jim Stovall, his uh, book, Journey Through the Bible. This is what he says about um, all the judgment. He says, Amos uses a signature phrase when describing the sins of each nation. Eight, eight times, he says, for three transgressions and for four, and that's a common phrase that is used in Hebrew, he says. And the expression means three transgressions have filled up the cup and the fourth have caused it to overflow. Right. And so that's where that kind of comes from. And it signifies the completeness of their sin. Can that again? that Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. Three transgressions that fills up the cup. And then the fourth overflows it. And so it's it's a three plus four type deal, equal seven, equaling the completeness of their sin. That basically it's at the point where, all right, I've seen it all and you're done. You know, three strikes and you're out type of deal. Like this is the final straw. You know, you've, you've had your chance. And what we see, we see judgment on seven different nations. First, of Damascus, Gaza, Tyrus. Edom, Ammon, Moab, and Judah. We see seven different judgments, right? And you're like, yeah, these wicked nations, that's what you get. You get judged. You, you're, you're evil, and you've done all these wicked things, and you know you're going against God, and, and then you're reading through, and you realize, well, the next one, the, last, the eighth one, is judgment upon Israel. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Um, that's not good. Because you're thinking that God's just judging all the wicked nations, and, and then it makes you realize how much of a wicked sinner that you truly are, I truly am. You know, and it makes us really think about well, it's not just about judging 
everyone else around us, right? That we got to look at ourselves and we got to realize that we're just as messed up as everybody else. You know, our sins might not be as prevalent. They might not be as uh, huge or as, uh, you know, what we think is as bad. But at the end of the day, we're just all wicked sinners, just like all these other nations were. And so really just this is where and this is where the plumb line comes into play is that the plumb line is to see how upright you truly are. That what it does, it, it, it makes sure that there's no bows or imperfections in your walk with Christ. And, and it really is, it really is like gets you to the core because you're like, man, uh, well, if you look at, you know, sometime maybe we can teach through that, but if you look at all the things that Israel alone that we're doing, you know, they just, man, it just shows how much of a, how, how wicked we truly are. So what we have, we have the master builder and he, and he stands upon a wall and he judges us according to a standard, right? And the, that standard is the same for everybody. The standard is his word. And so the thing is, is how aligned are we with God's word, right? So we have a plumb line up here, right? And are we perfectly vertical? Are we in tune with what God's doing with his perfect will? Because it's easy to judge those for their sins around us and really forget to see how imperfect we really are. So the question is, is your vertical relationship upright? And I think of this verse in Psalms, in Psalms 19, verses 12 through 13, says this, Who can understand his heirs? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. That we have all of these little things in our life sometimes that we just don't even realize. And, you know, we want to judge people for their sins and for how they behave and for how they act. When we have all these things in our heart that we haven't worked out. So we need to make sure that we're upright. And so, you know, when we think about being plumb, we think about our vertical relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when that relationship is right, it makes all of our other relationships easier. Right now, we know that uh, working with people is always tricky. Um, It doesn't matter who it is. And so we know that not all of our horizontal relationships are going to be perfect, but our vertical one can be. And, you know, we know that it it says in Romans 12.8 that if it be possible... As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And that whole passage in Romans chapter 12 really deals with uh, dealing with other people and uh, how to have relationships with them. And so it makes it easier to have uh, our horizontal relationships when our vertical relationship is right. Uh, because we're going to talk about our next point here is about being level, right? So being plumb is is just having our relationship right with the Lord, making sure that we're in tune with His will and His perfect will, um, making sure that it's not just um, us, you know, doing the things that we want to do. Then we want to talk about being level. And uh, when I think about being level, um, yes, we can talk about our relationships with others, but uh, going through this and just kind of got laid in my heart that, when I think about being level, I think about being level-headed, right? Even-keeled, right? And what that, what the Bible calls is sober-minded. Uh, because what the word level means, it means 
that both ends are on the same horizontal plane. So truly horizontal, right? So what we have here is we have a level. Now this is a level from Harbor Freight, so it might not be 100% accurate. Uh, so, uh, but we're gonna hope it is because I mean we, it's yeah yeah. So, but this is a level, and uh, it's used to make sure that everything. And you can use it as a plum as well. But for a plum, you're not gonna be able to. Uh, this is normally used in a shorter distance. In a plum, you can get a longer distance to make sure everything's vertical. But a lot of times, this is used as a, uh, for a horizontal plane. So we want to make sure that uh, all of our emotions are on the same plane, right? We don't want to be like a roller coaster when it comes to our emotions and our feelings and our experiences. We want to make sure that we're even keeled, we're sober-minded as when it comes to our walk with Christ. Because we don't want to let our emotions dictate our life decisions. And so being level, uh, being sober-minded, is having a character of being stable or consistent. In 1 Peter 1.13 it says this, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And there is the issue is that it lies in our minds, right? That we conjure up all these different thoughts. We, th- we have all these things that we think about and we stew on. And we're like, man, that person said this or this person did that. Um, why did they do that? Did I say the right thing? We can have all these things and all these emotions in our mind that come to play in our mind. And I think really that's probably the only thing that Joyce Myers probably got right, that there's a battle, battle of the mind, right? Uh, sorry, that's probably, shouldn't say that. Um, but, but sometimes we let those things control us and we let them over, overcome us, right? And we should never let our emotions, our feelings have a higher authority than the Word of God, right? If, if it, the Word of God doesn't say that it's true, then we shouldn't hold on to it. We should let those things go. Uh, because the word sober here in this verse in 1 Peter is defined in the Strong's as being calm and collected in spirit, right? And so it's where our emotions are aligned with the Holy Spirit and what the Word of God says. And so uh, just for last week, and I'm thankful that uh, for, for myself, that God allowed me to have um, um, a level head when this happened. So last week at work, I had a guy that um, just... Um, I don't know if fully if he was right mentally and if he had some things going on, but uh, basically we essentially got into an altercation. I had a, approached him on um, his work that he was doing, and it came in about being him being mad at me and cussing at me and saying all these things. And what ended up happening essentially, we had a conversation and. He's getting all riled up and he's getting mad and I'm just trying to reason with him and talk with him. And, um, you know, he had all these things in his mind that weren't true. All these things that he just automatically assumed that I thought he was a bad worker and I didn't want him on my line. And none of that was true. I never said any of that. I never even felt that way. And he's getting all worked up and he's like, you know what? Oh, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to quit. This is like 15, 10, 15 minutes till the end of the shift. And he's like, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to leave. And I'm trying just as best as I possibly can, trying to be calm. I'm just trying to reason with him, trying to get him to see that what he's saying does not make sense and just try to help the guy out. Really, I was just trying to help him out. And 
So I ended up going to HR. All this kind of came out, and my boss, you know, sat me down. And what ended up happening is that uh, they seen on the video that he was really erratic, and I was calm the whole time, and that my boss gave me credit for that because if I would have like got into his face, like, what are you saying? Why are you saying all these things? I mean, I could have lost my job over it, you know, because they wouldn't have known the whole truth. Um, and either way, I would have had a tendency. I would have had a they would have shown that I would have been, I could have been an angry guy. And I know before I would say that for sure probably would have happened. I would have been in his face. I would have been yelling. I mean, it would have been a bad deal. And even early on in my Christian walk, it takes time uh, for you to work through those things. And, you know, sometimes we have anger issues and our emotions get the best of us. And it's like, we got to let the word of God uh, just be settled in our hearts and settled in our minds. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that situation because, I mean, it helps me as just as as a leader um, to ensure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I hope it any leaders in here, I mean, we're all leaders. We can all be leaders. Um, we all have someone that's probably following us. And it just shows that we got to be even killed. we got to be level-headed when it comes to dealing with crazy situations that happen in life. And so I know from experience of working with people with life issues as well that uh, people often are led by their emotions and by their experiences. And I know like someone like Caleb can attest to this. And, um, you know, they, what ends up happening, a lot of these people, they end up going to like a, like a Pentecostal church, somewhere that really is all about the tickling of the ears and the emotions and all your experiences. And these people are unlevel and they need the Word of God to balance out their life. That's the only way that it's going to happen. So instead of living an emotional life, we need to start living an eternal life because we need to start looking at the things that are bigger than us and things that really don't matter in this life. We need to really kind of put the focus right and make sure that we're doing what we need to for the Lord. And so if you're someone that struggles with emotions of like worry and like stress, anxiety, anger, you know, allowing the emotions to control your life over the word of God. Just remember what Second Timothy uh, 1.7 says. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Right? That he's given us the ability already to overcome all those emotions, all those things that we struggle with. Because it's okay to, uh, you know, be sad and upset and grieve. But uh, we just meant to make sure that those emotions don't become who we are. Right? We need to trust the word of God of who we are, that we are son, we are children of God, and uh, that is not who should be what should be controlling us. And it reminds me of Proverbs twenty five twenty eight, where it says, "He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls." Right. And so when we when we're not level, you know, our house is broken down. We allow all these different things that shouldn't be there to come into our life. And so this is what happens when things are not plumb and level in our life. We just are broken like a city that are broken that is broken down. So the last thing that we're going to talk about is being square. And as you can imagine, being square is the combination of the two of when things are plumb and things are level, everything is going to be square. And so what we have here is of one variety of squares. There's a like uh, this is a framing square they call it. There's a speed square, and you know. They're all used similarly, uh, similar, similar. They're all similar. Similar. Thank you. Uh, I, words are hard. Words are hard. Sorry. Um, so, but you know, it's a simple device that makes sure that things are level and square and plumb. And this, so this is where the two meet. 
Now, no house or building ever built, I could almost guarantee, is 100% squared. It's nearly impossible. I would, I would almost say that it just doesn't exist. And the cool thing with that is God doesn't require us to be perfect either. Because the perfect one already died for us. And Hebrews 9, verses 11 through 12 says, But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. That, no, we don't have to be perfect, but we should strive to be as close as we can to Jesus Christ. And in carpentry, when things are squared, they're called or considered to be true. That if something is 100% plumb, 100% level, it's squared, it's, it's what's called to be true. That is, a, that is a true measurement. And, you know, all of our building materials, everything that we use is squared. Um, and there's a reason for that. We want everything to be, uh, to come out true. And so in uh, Ezekiel, he gets a vision of the future temple and that we should model our temple after, right? And we get all these different measurements and there's a, there's just everything is like perfect. In Ezekiel 41, 21, it says this, the posts of the temple were squared and the face of the sanctuary, the appearance of the one as the appearance of the other. So everything about the future temple, the, the new Jerusalem that's going to come down is perfect, right? Now, like I said, our bodies are not perfect, uh, but we should strive to be. And the thing is, if our house, though, is, is plumb, but not level, you'll be upright in heart, but you won't be in the right state of mind. And if your house is level, but not plumb, you'll have a right mind, but no real relationship with the Lord. So there's plenty of people in this world that, you know, they can be, you know, don't let their emotions get to them, but they don't have a real relationship with God. And so, you know, the word square uh, could, used to be, I don't know if people still use it, but it used to be called a square. It used to be like someone who was old-fashioned or conventional. <laughs> yeah, we would say, hey, you're a square. You're being lame. But you know what? If the world wants to call me a squirrel, square, not squirrel, squirrel, <laughs> if the world wants to call me a square, then as long as I'm square according to God's word, then I'm fine with that. So what we're going to see now is that in life, sometimes we think that our life is just great, right? That life is peaches and cream. We're doing great. We're living for the Lord. We're getting all these blessings. And we think we're plumb with God. We think we're level-headed. And we think everything is square. Everything's all perfect where it needs to be. And sometimes it appears that way. But when we take a little bit closer look at our life, and we really look at what is all the fine little things that's going on, we soon realize that we're not 100% perfect. And that if you look at this line, that from appearance, it appears that that line is plumb, but it's really not. It's actually slightly off, just by a tick, just by a hair. And sometimes those are the worst because you think everything is perfect and everything is great. But you realize that, man, something isn't right here in my life. And we're off plumb. And that's what it's called. You're off. You're just, you're, sometimes we have off days. Sometimes things aren't quite lined up where they need to be. But we're off plumb. And then we look and we say, oh man, everything's level. I'm, I'm, my emotions are great. But we're actually not 100% level. Like there's still something in our heart that 
that we're holding on to or some emotion that we need to work through of why we're feeling a certain way. And we're actually unlevel. And then if you look with our square, when things aren't lined up perfectly, we're actually slightly off just a little bit. This one actually might be perfectly lined up because this is Harbor Freight too, I think. So, <laughs> But these lines, from probably from where you're sitting, did everybody think that these lines were 100% plumb, level, and square? They appeared, they appear that way, right. So sometimes our appearance seems that it is, but what happens is when we don't have any guidelines, we don't really truly know how off we truly are. Because when we get out of the Word of God and we're not using our compass, our guide, to live our life, we think everything is fine, but it might just be slightly off. And some of these people, some people, your line might look way worse than this. But what we need to realize is that we have a Word of God, we have the Word of God, sorry, that we can guide our lives by and we can ensure that we are 100% lined up with what He says. So let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, I just uh, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this uh, opportunity to open your word and just uh, um, really just see sometimes, Lord, that we are off. We're off a little bit um, in life um, and we think everything is good, Lord. But I do pray that uh, we can be um, lined up with your will and what your word says, Lord, that uh, we're not just going through this life doing the things that we want to do. And uh, even all the small decisions that sometimes we just just jump right into think that it's not a big deal lord um, that we can be in prayer for everything and we can ensure that we're doing exactly what you would have us to do and uh, lord just help us to be in that um, that direct will of yours lord that you have your plan and your purpose for us is so much greater than anything that we can ever imagine or do on our own and so lord i just pray for everyone here in past point that uh, that we're able to be that, uh, what you would want us to do. And Lord, I know we're all busy in, in life and ministry, and but Lord, help us to not lose focus of the things that are important. And uh, Lord, we know we have a greater glory uh, to look forward to um, in all of eternity, Lord. And so Lord, I'm just, uh, we just give you the honor for everything that you've done and that you're going to do. I do pray for uh, Spark in the Park coming up. And I pray for VBS um, as these events and these things that we do, Lord, are, are really just to um, get people to gospel and, and make disciples, Lord. And so, uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you for all our, for your love and uh, for your son, Jesus, dying for us. And uh, we just give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great visual experience. Oh, thanks.